Thanks for listening to the Oasis City Church podcast. We're located in Boise, Idaho, but wherever you're listening from, we hope this message encourages you and empowers you to take a step towards living a life fully devoted to following Jesus. did not expect that. What an honor. I just have to tell you guys, I have been a pastor for 15 years, and uh, I've, been, I've been around a lot of churches. This church, I'm, I'm not just saying this, this is an absolute miracle. You guys began in February. What's happening here is crazy beautiful. It's amazing. And so uh, you guys should feel lucky to be a part of this thing. And the thing that I love the most, and I just want to honor Landon, Pastor Landon and Brooke, but what I want to point out to you that's so unique is especially for such a young church, when I came here this morning for the pre-gathering meetings and prayer times, what I love is that church plants typically after just a few months, it's going to be like three people doing everything. And I walked into a team of people that are all doing something together. And that to me is one of the greatest signs of a healthy church. And it's so beautiful, the team that you guys are building, every servant and volunteer here, the production team in the back that gets no attention unless something goes wrong, the kids ministry team. You guys are amazing. Boise needs you. And all the other cities, Meridian and Caldwell, I don't know all of them, but wow. Uh, it's just, it's a privilege to be with you guys today. Um, I don't have a lot of time, so we're going to jump in to Acts. We're going to be reading in two, uh, two books today, Acts chapter 1 and Luke chapter 1, both written by the same person. But um, again, just to introduce myself, my name is Craig. My wife's name is Jessica. We have two kids, JC, who just turned 13. Wow, world, the world is different with a teenager. And I have a nine-year-old, and he's in kids' ministry right now, shooting hoops and learning about Jesus. But um, yeah, like he said, I'm a, I'm a pastor, I'm a traveling preacher, and a digital missionary. And I know that that's a, a different, weird term. I get it. It's crazy for me, too. I know. Uh, the truth is that over a billion people spend 90 minutes a day on social media, on average. And it's, it's actually really detrimental, and uh, social, social media can be really terrible in a lot of ways. But the reality is, this is where people are. This is the new marketplace. And so Gen Z is hearing absolute trash and heresy online, and so some people need to get online and preach the truth of the gospel and good theology. So that's what, that's what I'm doing. So anyway, it's an absolute honor to be here. I recognize uh, standing in somebody else's pulpit is always an honor, and so thank you, Pastor Lennon for the privilege that it is. I don't take it lightly. So we're gonna uh, start in Acts chapter one. I wanna invite you to turn there in your Bible if you have one, and if not, it's gonna be on the digital sky Bible behind me. But uh, would you stand to your feet as, as we read this? I'd like to just begin standing for the word of the Lord. This is Luke writing this, and he says this at the beginning in Acts chapter one. He says, in the first book, speaking about the gospel of Luke that we're gonna talk about in a minute, he said, in the first book, O Theophilus, which means lover of God, some people debate whether or not he's writing to a specific purpose with the name Theophilus, or generally writing to anybody that, that loves God, and either way, he says, in the first book, I dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach 
until the day when he was taking up, taken up, after he had given commands through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. He presented himself alive to them after his suffering by many proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking to them about the kingdom of God. Now listen, while he was staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait. Somebody say, wait with me. Is this a talking church or is this a quiet church? Talking church, okay, I just need to know who I'm working with. I could do either way. But if you're a talking church and you're quiet, I'm, I know I'm doing bad. So, but if you're a quiet church and you're quiet, hallelujah, I'm preaching good. So, okay, so you're with me. So get this. God in the flesh steps out of heaven, comes to them, performs all kinds of miracles, amazing things, healing blind eyes, raising people from the dead, all of the things. And then he says, I want you to wait. Now what an Israelite is thinking in their mind in this moment is, we waited for hundreds of years for you to show up in the first place. And you, the Messiah finally came and we had been waiting and waiting and waiting. And by the way, Israelites today who don't accept Jesus as the Messiah, they're still waiting. Every Passover, they set a table spot for Elijah because they're waiting for Elijah to show up to the Passover meal because they think Elijah has to show up and then Messiah's coming. But Jesus said, John the Baptist is, Messiah, uh, is Elijah and the Messiah is here and it's Jesus. And we know this reality to be true, that God stepped out of heaven and came. And so we don't need to wait any longer. And yet he said, I want you to wait more. Because even though God was here in the flesh with you, something else is coming. Something else is coming. This is what's coming. He says, but go to Jerusalem and wait for the promise of the Father. Even though Jesus himself is in so many ways the promise that was given so long ago and he stepped in and he fulfilled everything, everything is in Jesus, everything was created through him, by him and for him. And yet he says, there's still another promise coming from the Father. He said, you've heard from me, John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Not many days from now. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, now watch what they asked. Will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? You see, they were still thinking physical. They were still thinking political. They were still thinking here and now in the nation. They're, they're waiting for the Messiah to be a political leader that's gonna, that's gonna get Rome out of there and let them physically and politically start to do their thing again. They're still looking for something and yet he's offering them something else. You gotta catch this. He said, it's not for you to know the times and the seasons that my father has fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all of Judea and Samaria and the ends of the earth. That's like Boise, that's like the whole valley, that's like the Northwest and everywhere. So catch this, Jesus, God in the flesh says, even though I'm here with you, there's still something that you need to wait for because there's a promise coming to you and you will receive power when you receive the promise. And friends, I came here today to let you know that this promise is still for you and that in this promise, in the Holy Spirit, there is power 
to be and to do everything that God has called you to do. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for every single person that's in this room right now. It's not by accident, it's a divine conspiracy. You have them here for a reason. And I didn't fly all the way down here just to play church or that any eyes would be on me. Every one of us, we came here today to look to you and to receive from you. So we open our hearts. We don't just invite you into the room, Holy Spirit. We say you have the whole room. We don't just give you part of our heart. We give you our whole heart. We ask that you speak to our mind, our spirit, our emotions, everything that we are. We ask that if you wanna encourage us, encourage us. If you wanna rebuke us or challenge us, do that too. We are open to you. You are God and we are not. We ask that you do whatever you want to do in and through us in the name of Jesus. And everybody who agreed said, amen. All right, you can grab a seat. Thank you so much. Okay, if if you are anything like me, and you may not be, but if you're anything like me, when I go out to my mailbox, and I open that mailbox, and I grab this stack of mail, I have one goal in my mind before I get back to my front door. Now, I don't know if you're anything like me, but if you are, this is what I'm doing. Before I get back to my front door, I'm going through these things. Bill, junk, junk, oh, handwritten letter. That's awesome, it's from grandma, I'll keep that one. Junk. Junk. Oh, and then you know the fake out where it's like junk, but they try and make it look like a handwritten letter? Yeah, yeah they're getting good at faking out. I actually, saw, I actually saw a commercial for a device that actually grabs a real pen and writes fake letters for you. It's crazy. Junk. Whoa. That one's nice. That looks like a really, uh, actually a handwritten letter from God. So anyway, what I'm, trying to, what I'm trying to do before I get to my front door is to swing by my garbage can and immediately throw away everything that's junk. And I do this within just a few steps, and I do this without even opening the mail, do you? Because things show up in my mailbox, and I don't always ask for them. Things show up in my mailbox, and a lot of it's just junk. Things show up that I ordered, like if it's an Amazon package, it's like, ooh, yeah, keep that one. If it's a handwritten letter, something from grandma, then you're gonna, op- you're gonna take that in the house, you're gonna open it. There are so many things that show up though that I'm not even interested in even opening. And the reality is that in our life, in our mailbox of life, things show up. And you have the opportunity to either receive or not receive those things. Now here's the reality, like physically speaking, in the mailbox, you have bills show up. That's something that you don't want, but you should receive because you gotta take care of it, right? So there are things that that show up that you don't want, but you kinda have to receive it. There's other things that show up uh, or that you're waiting for that you do want and it's taking more time. Like what happened to two day prime shipping? Like, hello, why are we still paying for this? Why are we still paying for Prime? They like weasel, that was like the biggest con, you know, after, oh, it's COVID. And then they're just like, ah, we got everybody. We're not doing two day anymore. So there's things that like you want, but then you're like waiting for them to show up. There's other things that you didn't ask for. You didn't know was coming, but they show up and you have the opportunity to receive or not. Today, what we're gonna do is we're gonna talk about two people in the scriptures that had similar things show up in their, as it were, mailbox of life. Two promises from God and one had been asking for it, one had ordered it, 
through prayer and one hadn't. So in order to, to talk through Luke chapter one, I actually wanna see if I can get two volunteers, two bold volunteers to come up on stage. Now, what I need is a gentleman who's maybe a little bit, let's say older, like in the senior season of life. Can I get a volunteer? Is anybody bold enough that would be a, a gentleman that would come up? And then I need a young adult female to come up. Oh, come on, Oasis City. Thank you, I've got my, I've got my lady. And I need a gentleman, somebody that's bold. Any age will do at this point. Thank you, sir. Okay, I'm gonna need you right here. Make sure you stay in the light, thank you. What's your name today? Uh, Stacy's your real name. Today your name is Mary. <laughs> What's your name, sir? Joe. Joe is your real name. Today your name is Zachariah. Okay, what we're gonna do is we're gonna look at Luke chapter one. Now I want you to notice there are a lot of similarities. These are paid actors, by the way. Nothing that I say today about them is necessarily true, but it may be true. Okay, <laughs> so if you have a Bible, turn to Luke chapter one, also you're gonna see this on the screen. We're gonna quickly take a look at these two things. Now I want you to notice how the progression of these two things takes place in these two people's lives. Now, for the context of the situation, this guy right here, Zachariah is married to her cousin, okay? So he is her cousin-in-law. Her name is Mary, she's a teenager. His name is Zachariah and he's a little older, okay? I don't know how old, but he has white hair, so he'll do. <laughs> His wife's name is Elizabeth, okay? This is the first thing that happens. We're gonna talk about the person, okay? In the days of Herod, the king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah. Here he is. Okay, so he's a priest. He's of the division of Abijah, and he has a wife of the daughters of Aaron, and her name is Elizabeth. Now watch this. They were both righteous before God. And everybody clapped. Righteous. So you gotta get this. This guy's the pastor. And he's not just any old pastor, he's a righteous pastor. And his wife is from the same line, the chosen line that God chose. These are gonna be the leaders that are gonna minister over the temple. These are my leaders. So this guy is a pastor of God and he's righteous. They were both righteous before God, walking blamelessly in all the commandments and statutes of the Lord, but they had no child because Elizabeth was barren and they were both advanced in years. It's a kind way of saying old. <laughs> now, at this particular moment, he was serving as a priest before God when his division was on duty, and according to custom of the priesthood, he was chosen by lot to enter into the temple of the Lord and burn incense, and the whole multitude of people were praying outside at the hour of incense. So, he was a, a leader, a pastor, he was righteous before God, and this particular day, he was chosen to be the special person to enter into God's presence. Person A, Zachariah. Person B for today shows up about six months later in the story, and this is what it says about her. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city in Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. Now I want you to notice the contrast here. Man of God, we know his job, we know his position, 
We know his, his marital status. We know that he's righteous. We know what he's doing in life. He has position. He has stature. God obviously is pleased with him. God is using him in a mighty way. And then on the other hand, we have a young woman, and her name is Mary. We don't know what she does. We don't know a lot of details about her life. But these are the two people that we have in our accounts today. So, they both had an appearance from God. Let's take a look at these appearances. While he was in the temple ministering before God, it says this. And there, verse 11, chapter 1, verse 11. And there appeared to him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And Zechariah was troubled when he saw him, and fear fell upon him. So an angel of God shows up in the physical, and he immediately is afraid. Let's see what happens when something similar happens to Mary. Gabriel shows up to her one of the great angels of God, and he came to her and he says, greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled, and she tried to discern what kind of greeting this might be. Isn't it interesting how when God shows up, angels show up to humanity, you see this all throughout the Bible, sometimes the immediate reaction is fear. It's like, are you here to strike me down? Or did I do something good? Like, but it's just interesting, like time and time again, when, when, when an angel shows up or God shows up, the initial human reaction is, I, I don't quite know what to think here. I just wonder like, how would you respond if the fullness of God showed up to you? If God in his glory if an angel of God showed up in your bedroom and, and said, hey, I'm speaking to you, what, what would your response be? Would it be fear? Would it be trouble? Would it be, God, what do you want to say? So they both had an appearance. They both had similar responses to this appearance. And they both received a promise. Let's see what was promised to this guy. The angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer has been heard. Notice this. Whatever is coming is in response to something he asked for. Your prayer has been heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear a son, and you shall call his name John, and you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great before the Lord, and he must not drink wine or strong drink, for he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even from his childhood, even, uh, even from his mother's womb. And watch what he will do. He will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord, their God, and, they will go be and he will go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of fathers to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just and to make ready for the Lord a people prepared. This is a great promise. This promise comes from God in response to his prayer. She got a promise as well. She didn't necessarily ask for it. She didn't pray for it, but she got one as well. This is what it says. And the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and they shall call his name Jesus, or Yeshua, 
and he will be great and he will be called son of the most high and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom there will be no end. Now, because you've been in church for a little while, you know this story, you know how it goes. Like, yeah, this, the virgin, she, man, she was, you know, Jesus was conceived in her womb by the Holy Spirit. We know the story. We've been there on Easter. We've talked about it a hundred times. But can you imagine for a moment the reality of her situation at this moment in time? She's being promised something that she didn't ask for like that guy. She's not even married yet. And now she's being told that you're gonna conceive a baby in the flesh by the Holy Spirit. This is crazy. So here we have two very different people, though they're related. A man of God, a pastor of God, a person of God. He's righteous before God. He's been praying to God for something. He's been hitting submit on that order on Amazon, waiting for something to show up in the mailbox of life. He's asking God, would you please give me a baby? And then God shows up, even though he's afraid, the promise is you will have a son that you've been asking for. On the other hand, we have a teenager who wasn't even yet married in that back in the time, just betrothal was sort of like our engagement. Like they hadn't come together and do husband and wife things, you know what I'm saying? They're sort of engaged, that's what it was. They're committed unto marriage, so it would feel like divorce if they broke up, but they had not come together and made it official. And so she's not even yet married, she's probably a young teenager, and then God shows up and says, here's a promise that you didn't ask for. So one of my questions to you today is, how do you respond when God shows up and offers you something that you didn't ask for? Because friends, we're living in a time where everybody is basically working for exactly what they want. Now you gotta catch this. Like, to, in every level of life, people are working for manufacturing and constructing exactly what they want, and we're doing this now even with God. And I see this all the time in the world that I live in online because there's absolute woke, progressive heresy being preached to our young people all the time. It basically says this, whoever you believe God is, that's who God is. Notice what's happening in the world. Whoever you believe you are, that's who you are. You can call yourself whatever you wanna call yourself. And by the way, you should try and make everybody around you affirm whatever it is that you think about yourself and then construct a God within your own image and follow that God. It's not true. God is God and we are not. And the reality is that we should in holy surrender submit and say, God, what do you have for me? What do you want for me? And sometimes the thing that, things that God offers us are not the things that we asked for, but they're the things that we need. So let's look at the question because both of these two had a question in this moment, especially that one. Can you imagine? <laughs> this is what the pastor, the man of God, the righteous man of God said. Verse 18, Zacharias said to the angel, how shall I know this? This is what my English translation says. How shall I know this? He says, cause I'm old and my wife is advanced in years. Now, if you actually break down the original language in, in the, the Greek, what he asks is his actual question is this, 
according to what shall I know this is going to happen? Okay, now, before we dive into the nuance and what his question actually meant, because you know as well as I know that sometimes what you say isn't actually what you're saying. My wife catches me on this all the time. She's like, Craig, it's not, it's not what you're saying, it's how you're saying it. Because I'm like, no, I said this. And she's like, yeah, but it's how you're saying it. And what God knows is even beyond the, our tone of voice, he knows the motivation of our heart. So she asked a question as well in response to the promise that she didn't ask for. And she says this, Mary said to the angel, how will this be because I am a virgin? Now, those two questions sound very similar, don't they? But they're actually miles apart. So God shows up to both of them, offers them both a promise, similar but different. He had been asking for it, she hadn't. They both were afraid at first, and now they're receiving this promise, and they're asking a question in response. And he says, according to what shall I know this? And we're left asking, like, what does that question really mean? Do you have faith in your heart? I mean, you're a righteous pastor, man of God. And then she says, how will this be? Because I'm a virgin. And what we know from the text is that what's going on in both of their hearts are very different things. So the response to the pastor, the man of God, the righteous man of God is this. He says, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God. How dare you ask me? No. He says, he says listen. I'm Gabriel, I stand in the presence of God, and I was sent to bring you this good news. It's good news, friend. It's in response to your prayer. Now he says, and behold, you will be silent and unable to speak until the day that these things take place because, now this is the scriptural evidence that reveals to us what's going on in his heart. Beyond his words, what's actually going on, because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their time. So what we find in the text is that the man of God, the righteous and blameless man of God, who had been asking God for this promise, when he received it, his heart was like, I don't even know if I can trust that. I've been asking so long. I've been waiting so long. I've been disappointed so many times. Yeah, I've been, I've been doing what I'm supposed to do because it's my calling in life, it's my job in life. I'm supposed to be a good, but according to what? According to what am I gonna actually know that this is gonna take place because I've been waiting forever and you know what? We, us, us Israelites, we've been waiting on a silent God. Prove it. And the angel says, hey, I stand in God's presence and this will take place, but there's gonna be some discipline involved because of your unbelief. Now, on the other hand, we have this young teenager. We don't know much about her life. She didn't have a position, stature, authority. She didn't ask for this promise. What was her response? She says, how will this be? Because I'm a virgin. And the angel answered her and said, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Is it still on? Oh, there it is. Therefore, the child will be born, will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth, his wife, in her old age has also conceived a son six months earlier. 
and she was called barren, for nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, watch this, behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. All right, you can clap your hands for these two. You guys can grab a seat. Thank you so much for joining me today. I just wanted you to visually see. We have two people living very different lives, asking for very different things, and something, a promise, something shows up in the mailbox of life. A promise from God, a good promise from God, one that somebody had been asking for and one that she most certainly was not asking for. And yet, how would they respond when this promise shows up? How would they respond when they walk to the mailbox of life, they open it up, and here they get things that they think, man, is this junk mail? Should I immediately trash it? Is this a handwritten letter? Is this something that I want? Is this something that I don't want? How will they respond? And they responded very differently. And so it makes us ask the question, when God shows up in your life, do you sometimes almost immediately grab that thing and throw it in the trash on your way back to your house because you think it's not from him? Do you take the time to actually open up the envelope or does the package make you think, no, 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 oh, this is, this is not from God, it's, it's junk, and then you don't even take the time to open it up and see what's in the inside because you pass judgment on the outward circumstance. Are you following the analogy? Sometimes it's easy for us to look at something and to say, no, 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 this is not what I thought it would be. This is not how I thought it would be. This surely can't be from God. So it was gonna happen another way. I knew it was gonna happen a different way. I knew my life would look different. I knew the circumstance would be different from this. So what's happening right now is definitely not from God, trash. But do you really know? Because sometimes God shows up and offers us promises we didn't ask for. Sometimes God shows up and offers us something that's deeper than we're able to see in the moment. Sometimes what he's offering us actually goes far beyond our greatest hopes and desires, and we see this reflected even in Acts chapter 1. I mean, imagine this. After three years of these guys walking around with God in the flesh, learning from him day in and day out, seeing the miracles, seeing the healing, hearing the preaching, being taught to pray, all that they had given their whole life to him. And if you remember at one point, Jesus says, hey friends, I need you to know, even though I've physically been with you, it's actually better for you that I go, because if I go, I will send to you the counselor and the helper who will be with you forever. I mean, can you imagine what life would be like, what your life would be like if you just had Jesus palling around with you everywhere you went? Like to school, Jesus is with you. To Walmart, Jesus is with you. To church, hey Jesus, wanna go to church? Yeah, of course you wanna go to church. Yeah, like Jesus is with you. <laughs> hey Jesus, you wanna watch online today? He's like, no. I'm just saying, <laughs> let's go. <laughs> okay, so you have Jesus with you. How bold would you feel? How, how, how full of passion and power would you feel? How, what would you change? What are the things that you would do or not do, either in public or in private? 
if Jesus was actually with you? What would it be like, man, I just wish I could have Jesus right here with me, but his opinion is it's actually better for you and I that he's not right beside us because if he's not right beside us, he gets to be in us. This is who the Holy Spirit is. You see, the disciples in Acts chapter one, they still, after all of this time, they show up and they say, hey, does this mean at this time when this promise comes that you're going to restore the kingdom of Israel and do the things that we've been imagining in our mind in the physical, political, geographical location? These are the things that we've expected from you. These are the things we thought we ordered. And he says, I want you to wait because there's a promise coming. And this promise is, is even not just different, but beyond what it is that you're expecting. This promise is the presence of God in your life and with him comes power. And you will receive power to do everything that I've called you to do and it's better for you that I go because when I go, I'll fill you with my spirit. Now friends, I didn't grow up in a what's called a charismatic church. I didn't grow up in a church that talked about the Holy Spirit, anything like that. I just grew up like, I just thought it was normal church. Looking back now, I, I, I tell this joke, it's funny, I say, hey, the free Methodists, they, they don't know how to uh, change light bulbs because they can't raise their hands. <laughs> you know, it's like illegal or something. We sat in our seats to worship. And then like, so I go into like a charismatic church and people are like raising their hands, dancing and doing these things that like, I don't understand. And I'm like, what is this? And then I start to like, God starts working on me. I start realizing like, wow, there's actually maybe more to the Holy Spirit that I'm not experiencing. But like, there's a lack of understanding and there's even like a jadedness in me. And, and I just don't know, like, I mean, these people are praying in tongues and like, what is that? And is that biblical? And then there's people prophesying and like a pastor stand up on stage and say, man, I felt like the Lord said this to you. And, and then is that gonna come to pass? And, and what's going on with that? And then there are people are praying for healing. Can we really pray for healing? And people are like dancing and excited. And is that, is that a show or is that real? And I started to realize that, man, even though I had knowledge of God, maybe I hadn't fully experienced experienced God because I hadn't received that package that has been offered to me. That the whole time that there was this beautiful promise, this handwritten envelope that was offered to me for so many years, I was just like, nah, that, I don't know if that's... But friends, I want to let you know that there's something that's been offered to you and if you would open it up and receive this promise, in Him is found power. In Him is found the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. The things that you want in your life are not found in just academic study. The things that you want in your life are not found in a, I'm gonna do better attitude. This is not, the gospel is not a self-help, you just do better, pull yourself up by your bootstraps message. It is a message that says the, the Spirit of God is gonna fill you and actually empower you to do everything that He's called you to do. Friend, you can't do it on your own. You can't just make myself better. God hasn't asked us to just become a little bit better people or churchy people that go through the motions. God has come to raise dead people to life, to fill us with his power and to see the world changed through you, through you.
There's fruit with His Spirit. There's gifts with His Spirit. There's power with His Spirit. So I guess really what I came to ask you today is, if it's from God, do you want it? If it's from God, no matter what it looks like, no matter what the package, no matter if you ordered it or not, no matter if you expected it or not, no matter if it looks like it's something that you don't want, if it looks like a bill, if it looks like an immediate to the trash, if it looks like any of those things, if you read it and it says from God, no matter what's on the inside, no matter what's on the inside, if it's from God, do you want it? Because if you know it's from God, you know that it's for His glory and you have to know it's for your good. And so here at the beginning of this series, it's my honor to invite you to ask your own soul the question that I asked myself about 10 years ago. Am I ready? Am I willing? And am I interested, desirous even, of all of the things of God, no matter what they are? Because God has good things for you. And throughout this series, I know Pastor Lannon and whoever else is gonna preach is gonna introduce to you the truth of God that's gonna transcend just academics. And it's gonna go into fill your soul, to fill you with the fullness of what God has for you that's gonna bless your life and the people around you. And so do you want it if it's from God? And as you walk through the rest of this series, will you walk in with that spirit that says, God, if it's from you, I'll take it. Why don't you stand to your feet with me? I'd like to close just the way that I'm accustomed to. Landon, Pastor Landon gave me permission to do this. I, I just try not to end any gathering without at least giving an opportunity. I recognize that there might be somebody in the room, maybe just one person in the room that has never actually surrendered their life to Jesus. If you think about it like this, if you think about your life, if there's a throne, who sits on the throne of your life? Is it you or is it God? Because the truth of my life is that I did church for 17 years, and every single one of those years, if you asked me, Craig, are you a Christian? I would have said yes. But I didn't actually follow Jesus. He wasn't my Lord. He may have been my Savior. I thought that I wanted to go to the good place when I died and not the bad place. I wanted to go to heaven, but I didn't want Him to be the Lord of my life. And so I came here today primarily to ask you, is He the Lord of your life? And if not, this is your moment. In a second, I'm gonna invite you to raise your hand. And that is not just a religious act, that is a sign of saying that something real is happening on the inside. And it doesn't take some preacher speaking to you. I actually believe that if that's you today, the Holy Spirit is speaking to you. That you know on the inside that God is calling you home. You cannot earn this gift, it's a free gift of grace. The only way that you can receive it is by grace through faith. And so could I just ask you all to bow your head and close your eyes, just because I wanna give the person right next to you a moment of privacy. Now I'm talking to you, friend, whether this is your first time in church or you've been in church your whole life, I'm not talking to your religious grandma sitting next to you, I'm not talking to your spouse, I'm talking to you. I'm asking you, in fact, the Holy Spirit is asking you, are you surrendered to Him? Because this is not a religious thing, this is not a churchy thing. I'll tell you what Boise doesn't need right now is another religious, legalistic, fake Christian. What Boise needs, what you need, is a, is a heart fully surrendered to the power and the presence of God, and you're gonna watch your life be transformed from the inside out. The Bible says anyone who is 
in Christ is a brand new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. And so I'm gonna ask you right now, if you know that you are not surrendered to Jesus, let me ask you like this. If you don't know that you know that you know that you're in right and restored relationship with Jesus, this is your moment. Would you just raise your hand right now if you're saying, hey, I'm ready to surrender my life to Jesus. I wanna see who I'm praying with today. I want you to raise your hand and lock eyes with me until I see you. Lock eyes with me until I see you. I wanna let you know that I see you. I see both of you in the front row. It's the best decision you can ever make. Thank you. I see you, sister. Thank you, sir. I see you. That's four. Thank you. I see you right there in the middle section. Five, six. I see you in the back. Thank you, sister. That's seven. Thank you, sir. I see you in the red shirt. That's eight. Now listen, the only reason I'm counting is so you know that you're not alone. Thank you, sister. I see your hand in the sweater. Anybody else? Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sister. Is there anybody else? Believe me, I'm your best friend right now. Thank you. I, I'm, not, I'm not gonna twist anybody's arm to raise your hand. I'm asking you to respond to what God is doing. Is there anybody else you say, God, I need you. I'm ready for you to lead my life. And this is what I wanna do. I wanna pray with you because the Bible says if you confess with your mouth the reality of faith in your heart, you will be saved. This is the beginning, this is not the end. This is the start of a brand new life. So if you really mean that in your heart and faith, then I wanna invite you to pray this with me. And in fact, just so you know you're not alone, I'm gonna have the whole church pray this out loud. If you're a believer, why don't you pray right along with us, staying with our brothers and sisters. We, I think we had 10 that raised their hand today. So let's pray this together. Let's all pray this together. Jesus, today I recognize you as Savior and Lord. I confess to you that I have sinned, but today I repent and I come home and I receive you by faith. And I invite you, Holy Spirit, to fill my life. I'm all in, in Jesus' name, amen. Can we celebrate for 10 people that would raise their hand today? Beautiful. If there's anybody else on the prayer team, can I get anybody else that's on the prayer team to come forward? This is what I want to do. The, the worship team is going to lead us into a song. I want to open the altar for you. If you need prayer for anything at all, please come forward. But especially if, you're, if your heart is saying, man, I don't know that I've fully been open to the Holy Spirit. I don't know if I fully understand the Holy Spirit, but I'm, I'm open. I'm ready. If you want prayer just for the fullness of the things of God and the presence of God and the Holy Spirit, come forward. If you need prayer for something going on in your marriage or relationship, come forward. If you need prayer for anything at all, these guys want to pray with you. And if you don't come forward, then as we sing this song, would you sing and would you, would you just continue to ask yourself as we enter into this series, am I ready for the fullness of God? Am I ready for whatever it is that he has because he has a promise for you. In fact, let me just pray into that as we begin to sing. Holy Spirit, we invite you to speak to us in this season. Whatever it is that you have for us, whether it looks like something we want, whether we understand it fully or not, Lord, help us not to be those that mock. Help us not to be those that feel jaded. Help us not to be those that are closed off, but we open our hearts to you. Whatever it is that you have for us, if it's from you, we want it. In the name of Jesus, amen. Thanks again for listening to the Oasis City Church podcast. We would love the opportunity to connect with you, pray for you, or give you next steps on your journey of following Jesus. Send us an email to info at oasiscity.church to get connected today.